Coming to you live from the JRE Tobacco Aladino Mobile Studios, it's the Cigar Pulpit. Hello everybody and welcome to another sermon from the Cigar Pulpit. I'm the Bishop of the Burn, Nick, and it's just me tonight. Um... Scheduling got away from me, and, uh, well, quite frankly, I just couldn't find a co-host in a very short period of time. But that's okay, um, because tonight we are going to talk about uh, famous cigar smokers. Um, it's a kind of a general topic, you know, but uh, people, I think cigar smokers like to know. Um, we, we see a sort of geek out on the uh, celebrities that enjoy cigars as well because you know for whatever reason um just like oh hey that guy i like that guy and he likes something i like and whatever so but also i think it kind of adds an air of uh legitimacy to to you know what we do that we enjoy knowing that people that for whatever reason be it their acting skill their athletic prowess you know uh political uh, acumen, whatever it may be, you know, we, we like knowing that these people also enjoy a uh, pastime that we enjoy. And so today we're going to talk about that. But we are first going to introduce the cigar that we are smoking. And I kind of have a little bit of a special one uh, for myself tonight. I was digging through the humidor and I found this. And um, it holds a special place in uh, my personal cigar history. So tonight, I am going to be smoking the Monte Cristo White Series. Um, this is a 6x54 Toro featuring an Ecuadorian Connecticut wrapper, um, binder from Nicaragua, and Dominican and Nicaraguan filler. This cigar was the first cigar that I smoked uh, in what is now the main cigar journey that I have gone on. Um, the first cigar that I smoked was, I believe, a Monte Cristo Tube uh, back in um, 2004 uh, in Fort Lauderdale with my friend Carl. However, um, you know, that was one time on the beach, you know, 20-something years old, you know, young 20s. And, uh, you know, I wasn't, it was just, it was something adult to do. Um, but now uh, in 2018, I was out in Vegas and I went to the Monte Cristo Lounge and it was gorgeous. And it was just one of those things where when in Rome, you know, try a cigar. And so I bought a couple of cigars and what I bought were two of the cigar. And so this was the first one that I smoked. And this is the one that is responsible for putting the monkey on my back. So I figured, you know what, we're talking about famous cigar smokers. Why not, uh, why not go ahead and fire up something that, uh, you know, means something to me as well. So anyway, um, it's time to cut the cigar, and the official cutting is brought to you by Dan the Man Ponder over there at Riverman Cigar Company. And guys, I've been telling you, Saturday, September 30th, he's got his annual rolling event. He's got a couple of manufacturers coming out to the shop. He's got some live music uh, that's going to be there. There's going to be food, and it's just going to be a fun time underneath that 1,500-square-foot covered patio. He's got all kinds of other great cigars that he's been getting in that will be available for sale. So if you're in the St. Louis area, you're going to want to buy, go by and check it out. If you are not in the St. Louis area, well, you're probably going to miss out. But he does do mail order, so you can give him a call and see uh, if he will ship. Uh, he does ship, but, you know, some things may be limited to in-person attendees. But in general, 
just call him up, see what you can do about placing an order. He does do mail order, so he can get a box of... Uh, uh, or a shipment of cigars sent to you right away. And that's Riverman Cigar Company of Crestwood, Missouri. And with that, it's time that I go ahead and cut my cigar. And while we're speaking about events and dates to keep up on, uh, do not forget, so that is Saturday, September 30th, that Dan is doing his thing. On Friday, September 22nd, and Saturday, September 23rd, so the weekend prior, that's when I'm going to be hosting Pulpit Fest here in St. Louis. That Friday uh, will begin at, uh, eh, let's just say 4 o'clock. People have been asking what time. I'm going to go ahead and put a pin in it and say, let's say 4 p.m. at uh, Top Shooters there. Uh, they're open till 1 o'clock in the morning, and uh, the last few years we have closed them down. So realistically, you know, uh, there's plenty of time to hang out and party there. But we'll be hanging out at Top Shooters in Columbia, Illinois, where we will be smoking, drinking, eating, hanging out by the fire pit, just in general having a good time. And then on um, Saturday, September 23rd, that's when we're going to do a uh, little cigar tour around St. Louis. Uh, I know we're going to start off at Riverman at 11 o'clock in the morning so that you guys can check out his humidor, do a little register bomb, have a cigar, you know, hang out, you know, that kind of thing. Um, I, I have been mulling over the prospect of if we're doing two stops or if we're doing three stops i don't want to rush it so i you know part of me is like three stops i feel like we're only giving enough time to like maybe burn a cigar at each place and you know whatever else so it may technically only be two official stops but um from riverman i think there's going to be a break time for people to go and do things like i said i know there, there's some of you guys that are coming to town that you have other plans that you want to accomplish during the day on saturday and that's fine that's perfectly cool and then uh i know for a fact that that evening we will be circling up at uh lit in chesterfield where we will be uh hanging out there and um having cigars and they've got a great bar with all sorts of uh different alcohols available for your uh, adult consumption enjoyment so yeah so it's gonna be a fun time um but that is saturday friday september 22nd and saturday september 23rd so uh, let's be real about uh less than two weeks we're talking like what 10 days or so from now um so yeah so that's coming up very rapidly anyway why don't we go ahead and do the cold draw on this monte cristo white series hmm very creamy it's a very creamy cold draw very um i mean that connecticut you know you really have a lot uh of that connecticut coming through it's a very uh good creamy uh light cold draw there so now we'll go ahead and fire this guy up so that i can start smoking and so that i can get onto the business of the episode so um yeah Get this thing going here. All right. Well, now that that is lit, why don't we talk about famous cigar smokers? So, um, needless to say, if you Google famous cigar smokers, you're going to come up with a wide variety of lists, which is what I did. So, um, there are some that are very obvious. For example, Winston Churchill. Everybody knows that Winston Churchill was a big cigar smoker. And according to a list assembled by Cigar Aficionado, his favorite cigar was the Romeo y Julieta. Um, now, then John F. Kennedy 
is a close second. And his favorite cigar is a Petite Upman. And as the story goes, he sent his uh, he sent his uh, uh, representative around, uh, Pierre Salinger, around, his press secretary, Pierre Salinger, around uh, with 20, less than 24 hours to round up as many of those Cuban uh, Upmans as he could get before he signed the uh, Cuban embargo. And uh, I guess uh, Salinger managed to round up 1,200 cigars and then Kennedy signed the embargo, and, well, that's been that. Um, so, you know, take that as you will. I don't know. I kind of feel like it's it's a fun story, but it's a really douchey move. And to be honest, he kind of an abuse of the power of that situation. I mean, he had, he, he knew. That was, that was kind of crappy. Um, you know, Fidel Castro, I'm going to skip him because we don't need to talk about him. George Burns, uh, you know. A prominent comedian of many, many decades and uh, always known to have a cigar in his hand. And his favorite was the El Producto, although realistically, I think he would have taken anything he was given. Uh, Mark Twain, also a very well-known cigar smoker. His favorite cigar uh, listed here is anything except a Havana. So I guess he was not a fan of the uh, of the Cuban cigars. Um, Milton Burl. Favorite cigar, H. Upman, uh, also a uh, comedian. You know, Bill Cosby. You know, look, I'm, I'm just going to say, let, let's talk about Bill Cosby for a moment. Bill Cosby is one of those guys that I kind of feel like... Sorry, I had to puff my cigar. Due to actions, his actions, I feel like we should probably... Stop talking about Bill Cosby. I don't feel like he should be included on this list. I don't feel like we should be acknowledging. It's kind of one of those things where when you do something so egregious, just so incredibly egregious, you just kind of got to cut him loose. And I'm not saying that the Cosby show was not a boundary barrier breaker, whatever the hell you want to call it, uh, in the 80s. Um, for black actors, um, I'm not going to say that um, some of the things that he talked about um, in the black community maybe uh, aren't relevant. But uh, I kind of feel like when you drug and rape women, it tends to um, overshadow all the good stuff that you maybe did. So um, I'm going to say that I'm also going to skip Bill Cosby on this list because like Fidel Castro, he's a douchebag. And I think it's uh, fair to go ahead and skip him. Um, Scarfish Nato's next one, Red Auerbach. Now, um, Dave Groflo up at Two Guys, he had Dave, uh, Red Auerbach at one of his anniversary dinners. And apparently Red Auerbach really liked Candela cigars. So um, you got that going on. However, Scarfish Nato lists his favorite as the Hoyo de Monterey, which that might be accurate. Maybe he liked the Candela Hoyo de Monterey. I don't know. Um, Jack Nicholson, uh, haven't really seen or heard much out of him. Well, quite a while. I guess he retired from acting. His favorite is a Monte Cristo, which again is something I'm smoking tonight. Here's a fun one. This one I, I liked Babe Ruth. Now, apparently Babe Ruth, when he lived in Boston, he bought, he invested into a local cigar factory that produced nickel smokes and it had his picture plastered on the wrapper. And so 
his favorite cigar was the Babe Ruth Perfecto. So I guess he liked his own cigar enough that he just smoked the hell out of them. Now, the, the as the story goes, listed here on Cigar Aficionado, I guess one night um, he uh, he snuck a woman into a room that he was sharing with Ernie Shore, which was uh, his Red Stocks pitcher. Um, and I guess uh, Shore had trouble sleeping given the sounds coming from Babe Ruth's bed in the same room. And... Um, the next day, Shore noticed four or five cigar butts next to a sleeping Babe Ruth. And the Babe, his explanation later was, oh, that. I like a cigar every time I'm finished. Good for you, Babe. Good for you. Keep it. You know what? That just goes to show. You can be a fat guy and still, you know, get the job done. Um, from there, they stopped listing uh, favorite cigars. But I'll just kind of go through the list and kind of touch on a few. We got Al Capone. Obviously, you know, Al Capone, he kind of has that gangster uh, look of uh, always having a cigar. And, uh, you know, apparently it was well-earned. Groucho Marx, he always had a cigar going. Bill Clinton, I mean, (laughs) let's be real. Um, Bill Clinton, uh, he's got some well-known stories about a cigar. That uh, we don't need to get into here. Michael Jordan, uh, if you guys haven't watched uh, the documentary about him, uh, the documentary series, I should say, about him. I mean, every time they show him in his house talking about something in his career, he's always smoking a cigar. So, you know, Jordan loves the cigars. Now, he loves the Cubans. And that's the thing with a lot of these rich guys. They love their Cubans. And I don't know if it's a status thing or what, but they pursue the Cubans. Personally, I think Michael Jordan would be better served finding himself a New World cigar that was better. I can think of about four or five that I would recommend to him off the top of my head. But hey, if he wants to invest in a communist country and, you know, pursue those cigars, that's, I guess, the GOAT's uh, prerogative. Um, Arnold Schwarzenegger. You know what I love about Arnold Schwarzenegger? When he was running for governor, he wanted to smoke cigars, and they kind of were like, eh, you probably shouldn't do that, and he did it anyway. And then when he became governor, he wanted to smoke cigars, and they said, you can't smoke in the governor's mansion. And so what did he do? He put up a giant tent in the backyard, and he smoked out there, and he did all of his meetings out there, and he did whatever the hell he wanted out in the tent because that's where he could smoke. And you know what? Good for the governor. I like that. Uh, Ron Perlman, also an actor, you know, we, we like Ron Perlman. He's he's uh, all about cigars. Um, Let's see. Yeah, there's some of these guys that, like, we all, some we know, some we don't know. Uh, Bruce Willis, Michael Douglas, W.C. Fields, uh, Orson Welles, Harrison Ford. Now, that's one I didn't realize was a cigar smoker. Apparently, um, they don't list what his uh, favorite is, but they say he really likes going out to his Wyoming ranch where he can puff in peace. I had no idea that Harrison Ford was a cigar smoker. So I guess, you know, that's something cool about Han Solo and Indiana Jones. Uh, Tom Cruise apparently is a cigar smoker. He likes his Cuban Cohibas. Again, another rich guy that likes his Cubans. Um, David Letterman, Danny DeVito. Now the fun story about Danny DeVito is he was going on a cross Atlantic fly, or a transatlantic flight and he wanted a cigar. And basic and and I guess this was before I don't know. I don't I don't know if it was before regulations, whatever. He wanted a cigar. 
And um, the uh, stewardess basically told him, you can have one if everybody else on this plane agrees. And so Danny DeVito himself gets up and goes to every single person in the entire plane and asks them, hey, I really want to have a cigar, but they said that I have to ask all of you first, and are you cool with it? And apparently, as the story goes, as told by Danny DeVito on, I think, the Graham Norton show, um, he, uh, he got to the last guy who was sleeping. And so Danny DeVito, he's like, man, I really don't want to wake him up. It's not going to make him happy that I woke him up just to ask him if I can have a cigar. But he's the last guy. He's the only one that hasn't said yes. So he asked the waitress or, you know, stewardess, like, do I have to wake him up? And stewardess like, everybody has to agree. So he wakes this guy up. And the guy wakes up and he's like, what do you want? And he's like, I want to have a cigar, but I have to ask everybody, will you let me out? Is it okay if I smoke a cigar? And the guy looks at him and he goes, the only way that I'll say yes is if I can have one too. And so Danny DeVito got two of them out and this guy and Danny DeVito lit up a cigar and smoked on the flight. So good for Danny DeVito. Um, do do do. Thomas Edison, Sylvester Stallone, Dan Rather. I didn't know that, but apparently he has some cigars from Fidel Castro. So you know, good for Dan Rather. Um, Adolphus Bush. Now this is a St. Louis connection here. So Adolphus Bush, he um he is the beer baron who brought America the uh, Pilsner beer that became Budweiser. And I guess one day. According to the story here on Cigar Aficionado, I'm giving them credit. He was over in Paris with a St. Louis restaurateur named Tony Faust. And Bush was trying to teach his friend to, speech, uh, to speak French. And while reciting the order to him, the table, you know, he would, he would speak it to Faust. And then Faust would repeat it to the waiter. And then at the end of the meal, Faust turned to Bush and said, how do we order some of the best cigars in the house? So when so Bush told him what to say, and when Faust repeated the request to the waiter, the waiter promptly presented him with the bill. So that's how Adolphus Bush got out of the bill of that dinner, I guess. So that's pretty fun. I like that. Um, Mel Gibson, um, John Travolta, John Wayne, Demi Moore, uh, George Patton. You know, we've got the got the general George Patton there. He traveled with a humidor full of Cubans. You know, now granted he was pre, you know, that was all pre. Uh, you know, communist and whatever else. So you got that going on. Tip O'Neill, he was uh, he was the house speaker under Reagan. Um, Elvis Presley had a cigar. Uh, Milton Hershey. So Mr. Hershey, he apparently smoked eight to ten cigars a day. And he continued that habit when he moved to Cuba to produce sugar. So, you know, Mr. Chocolate. Um, liked the uh, liked the cigars as well. Um, Tom Selleck would smoke uh, the Monte Cristo number no. two, and um, Jim Belushi he likes cigars. Um, Michael Richards that's Kramer on Seinfeld. Uh, he uh, apparently uh, uh, enjoys uh, Cuban cigars as well. Oh, let's see. Who else do we know here? We, I mean, there's plenty of people on this. Pierce Brosnan, Wayne Gretzky, um, Ernest Hemingway, Harvey Keitel. There's a ton of these guys. And Nicolas Cage, James Woods, John Grisham. He smokes four cigars a week. So, you know, I mean, he's not a... He's got a he, he, rookie numbers. He's got to get those numbers up. 
But, uh, yeah, you know, that's the thing, guys. There's plenty of famous cigar smokers that are out there that we can, um, you know, find uh, some some commonality with. And that, that goes to what I hear it all the time. And that goes to what I've heard from so many different people is that, Cigars are the great equalizer. They bring people together. You know, no matter what your what your job, what your um, econ- socioeconomic class, whatever it is, at the end of the day, you sit down, you fire up a cigar, and you're just another person sitting in the lounge, and it's a wonderful thing. Captain Kirk, William Shatner, also enjoyed cigars, and uh, I don't have the sound drop of him anymore. Um, but yeah, William Shatner liked uh, liked his cigars. So you got that going on. So. Anyway, let's talk about this uh, Monte Cristo White Series. Smoking wonderfully. I have a very good burn line going on it. And it is... It's very smooth. Very smooth. Very mild. Um, you know, I, uh, I do have one little spot that I want to correct. It's very smooth, very mild. It's, uh, it's, it's fun. You know, it's one of those things I look back on it and, you know, I, I think about the stuff that I'm smoking now and I'm like, my God, it would have slipped my throat back then. But like, this was a cigar back when I started, you know, and, and it's still, I mean, it's obviously still a cigar, but it's not, it's not to my palate anymore. And so that I find that fascinating how much my palate has changed in the, uh, oh crap, five years now that I've been smoking cigars. And um, it's just fascinating to me. I haven't done a retro hail yet, so let's try that. Let's see if there's anything on that. Slight, very, very slight uh, black pepper on the uh, retro hail. Not nearly anything to cause any sort of issue. Realistically, it's just a very good, very creamy, mild cigar. Um, and, you know, it, it seems to be very well made uh, construction-wise. It's the draw on it's really good. The smoke production has been good when puffing on it. It's not like it's smoking a ton just when it's just sitting there, you know. But it is it is smoking um, well when I draw on it. And, uh, you know, the uh, the burn line's been good. So that that's nice. I like it. I like it a lot. Why don't we now go ahead and uh, let's do this. It's time for the Villiger Cigars Entertainment Report, brought to you by... Villiger. Villiger Cigars, one of the leading cigar and cigarello manufacturers in the world, founded in 1888 and still family-owned and operated. Head over to VilligerCigars.com and check the store locator to find a shop near you that carries them. We guarantee that Villiger Cigars will be a wonderful addition to your humidor and cigar rotation. So, what have I been watching lately? I finished up the second season of Star Trek Strange New Worlds. For those of you who aren't into that, sorry. It's really good show. It's been really entertaining. I really liked it. Uh, for those of you who are into that kind of thing, the uh, crossover episode they did with Star Trek Lower Decks was amazing. And the musical episode they did. They did a musical episode this season, and it was great. They, the, the, the physics of the whole thing, kind of why it had to happen, it was a little funky, but you know what? It's Star Trek. Who cares? But I, it was really good, and I, re, I mean, I give them credit for trying something different and out of the box. And 
They ended the season with a cliffhanger. I desperately want more. So the cliffhanger did its job, and now I'm sitting back waiting for more. Um, what else have I been watching? I did start this season of Star Trek Lower Decks after I finished uh, Strange New Worlds. But apparently, unlike previously, when they would just blast... I think they did that. I'm pretty sure they just blasted out the whole season. Maybe not. Maybe they did do it weekly. I don't know, but they're doing it weekly, and that pisses me off. I don't like it when these streaming services put stuff out weekly. I want them to just blast it out because I just want to binge it. I just want to watch it. Um, what else? What else? I did start watching Joe Dirt the other night. Haven't watched Joe Dirt in a very long time. And let me tell you guys, that movie stands up. I forgot about a lot of the jokes in Joe Dirt. I always remember the fireworks stand come the 4th of July. But, uh, I mean, there's all kinds of shit in that movie that I just had forgotten about. Like, when the meteor comes down, and he's walking around town with his meteor in the in the uh, little red wagon behind him, and come to find out it's just a giant frozen lump of poop that had come out of an airplane, and it froze at, like, 36,000 feet, and just come to end. <laughs> He's like walking around with this giant lump of shit. And just, I don't know, just all the wackiness in that movie. And Kid Rocks in the movie and whatever. It's just, it's such a, uh, a bizarre movie. And I'd I, I forgotten how much I liked it. And I continue to say that movie is evidence that David Spade was robbed. Because when they did that Tiger King uh, drama series, when they, when they brought, when Peacock did that, um, drama series all about uh joe exotic and carol baskin and the one gal from snl played uh carol baskin and uh whatnot david spade was robbed because he is the tiger king in joe dirt he's nicer he's significantly nicer so he'd have had to have been a he'd have had to figure out a way to be a dick but let's be real it's david spade he's a dick in a lot of things that he plays so he could have pulled it off and i feel very strongly, David Spade was screwed out of playing uh, Joe Exotic in that drama series, which I never watched because why would I want to watch something that's the fictional like reenactment of true life stuff that there's a documentary series that's out that I've already watched. I've watched the I've watched the reality. Why do I need to then go and watch? actors portray the reality you know what i mean um it's kind of like when they did that oj simpson trial show on uh <coughs> fx recently like the last couple of years i mean granted i was young but like i was around i remember the oj simpson trial i remember being in junior high and like my tv uh my teachers wheeling the tv into the cafeteria so that the whole school could watch the verdict be read and everything like that i mean which, by the way, in hindsight, is really fucking weird. Like, it's really, really weird that these teachers would roll a TV into the cafeteria so a bunch of 7th and 8th graders could watch the O.J. Simpson trial verdict. I mean, like, I really think it was all about them. They wanted to watch it, and they just happened to be on lunch duty at the time. So they're like, screw it. We'll let the kids watch it, too. And I just I find that very bizarre. But anyway... um, yeah, so I just I don't I don't understand the I mean at least that there's been what 30 years worth of time that's gone by between the event and the docu series the the drama series that FX did whereas with you know this thing on Peacock about Tiger King I mean literally 
that documentary came out in, on Netflix in 2020, and I'm wanting to say it was maybe 2021, maybe 2022, maybe 2022, but I'm thinking 2021 that Peacock had that series out with uh, the dramatization of the whole thing. So it's like, what the hell was the point of that? You know, you just you just you you, you capitalized. You fully just capitalized. It was a it was a money grab, and it was pointless and whatever. I don't know. Hopefully, not that many people watched it because Tiger King was entertaining. I don't know about the docu or drama series, but Tiger King was entertaining. Um, what else have I been watching lately? Um, I don't know. Otherwise, it's I've been super busy. Um, I've been very busy, you know, getting work stuff caught up, podcast stuff going, um, pulpit fest stuff preparations. You know, there's just been all kinds of stuff going. So the fact that I was able to steal a little bit of time to uh. To watch some Star Trek and uh, start watching. I didn't even finish. Start watching Joe Dirt. I figure. I figure that's a victory in and of itself. Um, so anyway, I guess that's the uh, the Villager Cigars Entertainment Report. Um, this episode seems to be burning along rather quickly here. So um, I will uh, endeavor to... Uh, Stretch this out a little bit for you, but realistically, guys, I'm flying solo, so you know the odds are um, it's uh, it's going to be what it is. Um, so, in terms of other updates, I gave you guys the Pulpit Fest update that you know, kind of what's going on there. Again, um, I just want to be clear because you know, in previous years, Pulpit Fest is coordinated up with Dan's events at Riverman. I just want to be clear: we are talking two different weekends. Um, it's just the way the calendar fell. Like I said before, you know, I have my son the weekend that Dan is having his event. And um, it requires a U.N. negotiating delegation to uh, switch weekends. And uh, I opted not to do that. Um, and uh, But that's okay. You know, it, it's one of those things. It works out. Uh, for those of you local here, you've got two weekends of Cigar Fun. For those of you coming in for Pulpit Fest, we're still going to go by Dan's place so you can check it out. You know, it, everybody everybody wins. You know, it's just one of those things. Um, and then uh, the other update, I just want to remind all of my Florida listeners that uh, on Wednesday, October the 18th, I will be down in Palm Coast, Florida at the Ash and Ale uh, Cigar Lounge and with Ken Clarich, and we will be hanging out with Mickey Pegg of All Saints Cigars. And you guys uh, ought to come by, check it out, say hi. Uh, like I said, I'll be there. Mickey will be there. Ken will be there. It's Florida. I mean, you're, you know, you're in Florida. It's not a novelty to you. But to me, coming from St. Louis, it's a big deal. So, yeah, so um, I'll be down there in Florida and hanging out, and that'll be a fun time. And then... Uh, yeah, I mean, it'll be it'll be good. I'm looking forward to some good weather. You know, Pulpit Fest, looking ahead, long-range forecast here. You know, we're looking at mid-70s for the highs, like 50s for the low. So it'll be great fire pit night on Friday night. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know how uh, how much better that, that forecast can look. And as for Palm Coast in October, haven't looked, but... Um, I imagine 
Sorry, my cigar went out. I imagine it's going to be gorgeous. So that's what I'm counting on. Um, Let's go ahead and um, let's do this now. Let's do this now. This would normally be the time that I give some information about My Monthly Cigars, but I've hired that out this week, so take it away. My Monthly Cigars is a premium cigar subscription service. It comes in a variety of different size boxes at affordable prices. Use offer code PULPIT and get free shipping on your first box and 20% off any items in the online store at MyMonthlyCigars.com. That's offer code PULPIT. Thanks. Thanks. Guys, make sure when you're over there at My Monthly Cigars, aside from checking out the subscription boxes, you also check out the fucking good coffee because he does have the Lounge Blend, the Daily Press, which is the official cigar pulpit coffee, all kinds of great blends available uh, through fucking good coffee. And, you know, they pair so well with cigars, you, you should really try some. I have some in my kitchen, and I'm not even much of a uh, coffee drinker, but I have some fucking good coffee in there, freely available and ready to drink. So, you know, for what it's worth, give, get get some fucking good coffee. Um, anyway, uh, what else can we do here? I, I, I will admit I didn't count on this going only like 30 minutes. Uh, you know what? Screw it. Let's do this. Guess what, motherfucker? You know, I did this on Friday, but guess what? It's time for three cigars we smoked and enjoyed this week. And I'm just going to do three cigars that I smoked and enjoyed this weekend. Um, so since I last recorded with Mike, which was Thursday, I have smoked a couple. Uh, I know I smoked a Crux uh, Habano Epicure. And the fine folks at Crux were so nice to send me a few of those. I want to give a shout out to... Um, the fine folks at Crux for sending me a few of those because uh, I am in love with that blend. And it's the new one. It's got the kind of creamy yellow um, band on it. The, I, I love the Crux packaging. It's very, very bright and vibrant and colorful. And it really stands out in the humidor. Um, they have those white and colorful boxes. They're white with the whatever color is on the band uh, boxes. And so um, the orange one had been my previous favorite. But uh, orange and red, I think. Well, no. I think the red's the Connecticut. I think it was the orange one I really dug. But, man, this yellow one that's come out, the Habano, is that's that's the top of their line for me at this point. So um, that was a really good one. Um, additionally, um, what else have I smoked recently? I had a Yagua. Um, I dug through my humidor, and I found my box of Yaguas, and I smoked Yagua. And I've been, uh, I, I, I enjoyed that. And then I'll tell you, the one that I probably have been smoking the most recently and the most frequently lately has been the Charter Oak Cabano. Uh, I bought that box from two guys, and um, I, I still, for the life of me, guys, 95 bucks for a box of 20 of these cigars. I don't know, there, there's better deals out there, but like, not many. And it smokes so wonderfully. Uh, the wrapper issues that I was describing before with it, they must have fixed because I have not had nearly as many wrapper issues with this. Um, I had one, one that did kind of split on me a little bit. But I think that one was um, because uh, I think my deep V um, went a little too deep. And so... 
um, it, it kind of cracked it a little bit. So, you know, you got to be a little ginger, but uh, that's okay. It's okay. It worked. But anyway, so that's been uh, my three cigars I smoked and enjoyed this week. Now, coming up on the show um, this Friday, uh, I think Mike Brinker's going to be back. Um, we're going to hang out and talk, and, uh, you know, we'll, we'll figure something else. Uh, we'll figure something out to talk about. I don't know. He's big into football, so I'm sure he might have an update about week one of football and heading into the weekend with uh, week two. And then um, coming up on Tuesday, or maybe maybe flip that, reverse it. I don't know. The next two shows are going to be Mike Brinker and Nick Gervais of My Monthly Cigars. Um, I don't know which sequence it's going to be in. Nick might be Friday and Mike might be Tuesday, or Mike might be Friday and Nick might be Tuesday. We'll figure it out. It doesn't really matter. But the bottom line is those two guys are going to be on next um, to uh, to hang out and chat for a little while. And then um, going forward from there, the so that'll be this Friday, and that'll be the Tuesday of Pulpit Fest week. And then Friday, the Friday, uh, the 22nd episode, I will uh, have to, uh, you know, figure out um, – uh, what's going to happen with that one? Cause I will say at pulpit fest, we will be recording. Um, there's a very real possibility that I'll be recording, um, Friday night at top shooters. So, cause that tends to be where I think the most amount of people are going to be. Um, so I want to get as many of the attending parishioners to pop on, say hi and hang out as much as possible. So so um, that'll be the Tuesday following Pulpit Fest. But that Friday of Pulpit Fest, realistically, I don't know what you're going to get that day. We'll figure it out. Anyway, um, Monte Cristo White Series. I am talking. I'm talking too much. But, uh, you know... It, like I said, it's it's a nice blast from the past for me. I'm enjoying it because it's a nice, easy cigar. But it is. It's a nice, mellow, easy, creamy cigar. Now, I say that as the with the palate of somebody who smokes um, medium to full-bodied cigars. If you were to give this to somebody who's never smoked a cigar before, um, it might not hit them quite as mild as it's hitting me. Um, I don't remember it quite being this mild when I first smoked it. I remember it having a little bit more to it. But again, that's been five years and many, many, many cigars ago. So would I recommend this to a brand new smoker who's never smoked one before? Yes, I would, because that's what I got onto it with. Um, but is it going to be a nothing burger for them? No, it's, it's going to have a little something to it. Um, I do think... Hang on. There is still a little bit of that black pepper on the retro hail. There is a little present black pepper on the retro hail. Not so much on the smoking experience. Um, on the smoking experience, it's just very light and creamy, um, very mild and creamy. But uh, on the on the retro hail, you do get that little bit of black pepper to it, and I think that um, that's where the flavor lies in the cigar is doing that. So, you know, for what it's worth, if you're a regular cigar smoker and you give it a try and you don't normally retrohale, go ahead and try it because, I mean, you've all heard me hacking up a lung when I'm retrohaling and, uh, 
you know, this one is no big deal. So give it a try. And if you're not, and if you are somebody who retrohales, then that's where you're going to get your flavor. That's where you're going to get your, your spice notes. That's where you're going to get additional additional notes off of it. So anyway, that's that. Um, like I said, guys, it's a bit of a short one uh, this time. But uh, hopefully, you know, it's uh, entertaining enough. And um, I will, uh, I will uh, make sure that we uh, we get more uh, to the next couple of shows. So we got that going on. Um, you can follow me on Instagram at the Cigar Pulpit, as well as on Facebook, where we have the Cigar Pulpit Parishioners Group. There's all kinds of fun stuff happening in that group. Um, pictures being posted. Uh, stories being shared, information being shared, things of that nature. So if you're not a member of that, make sure you jump in on that. I'm on Twitter slash X, but I really don't do much of anything on it. Um, every once in a while I dabble when I remember, but that's been my problem. Is I, It's not a platform I hit up regularly, so it's hard for me to remember. I am on YouTube where you can watch this, although admittedly this one is me sitting here in the dark. Um, I mean, I have my ring light. But, you know, it's admittedly in the dark. And then um, Ask the Boys. I do need your calls for Ask the Boys. Area code 863-874-0000. Get those calls in and um, we will address your questions, concerns, whatever at the end of the month. And I believe Mike put out a question about, you know, what are your favorite cigars to smoke outdoors if you're doing stuff outdoors, um, I would not recommend the Monte Cristo White Series for that. You know, as we discussed in that episode, you know, you lose so much um, of the aroma of the cigar when you're outside because Mother Nature takes it away with the wind. And given the lightness of this cigar, I would say that the smoke aroma is definitely a key component of it. And so... I personally, I know I'm smoking outside now, and that's where I smoke all my cigars, unless I'm at a lounge, but this would be a better lounge cigar, less than an outdoor cigar, just because of the fact that I'm just losing so much of it. But anyway, uh, call in. Let us know your your thoughts on that. Area code 863-874-0000. Anyway, guys, I'm not going to drone on and on forever because, you know, I don't want to do that, but um, I'm going to go ahead and uh, wrap this up and get this edited and uploaded uh, so that you guys have it fresh on Tuesday morning, and we'll go from there. So anyway, this has been another sermon from the Scar Pulpit. I'm Nick. Stay safe and stay smoky. Take it easy, guys.